Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. I'm Alan Kohler, and every day my writing and podcasts put the financial world into context with a focus on the issues that matter. Join us today. It's only a dollar for the first month. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch. This week's interview is with Lee Travis, the CEO of DigitalX, the ASX-listed blockchain and cryptocurrency consulting firm. And uh, Lee's been traveling uh, around the world, been to Davos and a few other places, caught up with what's going on uh, on uh, blockchain and cryptocurrencies uh, globally. And um, I thought it'd be a good idea for us to catch up with him to find out what he's learned. Here's Lee Travis, the CEO of DigitalX. Well, Lee, I think you've been traveling a fair bit lately. What's going on in the world of uh, cryptocurrencies lately? Yeah, I've been fortunate to be doing a lot of travel over the last month or two. Uh, started with London and went through uh, a fair bit of Europe and then also over the east coast of Australia. But, uh, the major reason for the travel was a, a blockchain conference in London. And then I uh, went over to the World Economic Forum in Davos, as well as the uh, opening of the first European blockchain centre in Lithuania. They had the grand opening there. Right. So, what was the uh, what was the discussion at Davos about uh, uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency? Was it um, was it a big deal? It certainly was. I mean, we had all the world's political leaders, you know, seeing sort of Trump fly over with, I think it was about fourteen helicopters and his own sort of marching band and things like that. But um, no, right within the World Economic Forum, there was uh, particular blockchain uh, discussion points. There was. Uh, basically a, uh, a blockchain center for um, all sort of the blockchain enthusiasts to sort of meet at. Um, but we had uh, political leaders coming through. We had, um, you know, economist Narelle Rubini coming through and, and sort of learning more about uh, what blockchain technology can do. And we also had some of the, the leaders of uh, some of these major projects, you know, that have popped up through ICOs over 2017, you know, about ways that, you know, they could leverage the technology they have and the funding they have to uh, to get right into use cases, but, but the, the 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 predominant um, theme of uh, discussion about uh, blockchain and cryptocurrencies, in particular, lately around the world, has been about regulation. Was that on the was that on the menu at Davos and in general uh, when you've been travelling? Definitely has been. I mean, regulation is one uh, aspect that really drives uh, you know interest into the market. Um, whether or not we can open up our economies and embrace new technology or whether we're going to be fearful and, you know, put up regulatory barriers you know, from getting involved. Uh, most recently, I've actually seen some relatively positive uh, global regulation around crypto, um, as well as uh, just it, uh, further establishment of industry bodies and particular working groups. I mean, uh, we had uh, last week, I think it was, uh, a state in the US um, passed a bill to relax securities laws for, you know, the issuing of new tokens. Um, the South Korean government, which has been uh, one of the major drivers in this industry, you know, they said that, you know, they won't uh, be stopping cryptocurrency trading and, you know, that even support and encourage some crypto operations. So that was a huge positive. And then over here in Australia, you know, we've had recent moves by both Oztrack and ATO, you know, to look at ways of uh, of regulating rather than uh, you know uh, removing uh, any interest in in crypto and uh, and blockchain. So that's been you know more of a sign of acceptance, uh, which is really positive. 
I suppose the, the the thing that needs to be borne in mind is the distinction between cryptocurrency speculation and blockchain. I mean, everyone talks about that distinction, of course, but um, uh, the fact is that people do put them together and um, uh, you know, the idea that there needs to be regulation of cryptocurrencies tends to affect how people think about blockchain. Is that uh, what you're seeing? I mean, it's, yeah, they're used interchangeably, I would say. Um, so it becomes a little difficult for some people to understand the difference. But then, again, you've got, um, you know, settlement systems that are using blockchain uh, technology. So, you know, there are some regulatory aspects of that as well. So regulation applies to both blockchain and crypto uh, in terms of infrastructure that's used and, and payment methods that are used. And, uh you know, that's something that I think the market's becoming more and more aware of, that we've got cryptocurrency tokens or, or digital assets, and then we've got the infrastructure underlying that, which is blockchain technology, which I think uh, more and more businesses uh, are starting to accept and really embrace. And you, uh, how much of your business is, is now dealing with the initial coin offerings and, and companies and people, fund promoters, trying to raise money through ICOs? It's a significant part of our business in the last half, although the business has also been looking at uh, at consulting, so blockchain consulting, assisting companies with their blockchain strategy, and then developing applications for them. So that's, a, I would say, the fastest growing aspect of our business uh, sort of post the half year. Um, we just actually announced with DigitalX a um, consulting arrangement with a public company, Transcendent Technologies, yesterday. So that's something we're receiving a, a lot of interest on. But obviously the uh, initial coin offerings are something that's, you know, really exploded. Uh, they've uh, seen so much growth that uh, something that we're uniquely positioned to be able to assist in a corporate advisory fashion. So we're also, uh, you know, really focused on that aspect of our business. To what extent do companies, uh, are, are entrepreneurs, starting to see ICOs as an easy way to raise money without giving up equity? That's, yeah, it's it's a way that entrepreneurs can get access. What's the fastest way to get access to capital? I think that's the major interest. You know, they want to launch their business. They want to get global uh, uh, global use for their product. And, um, you know, they don't necessarily want to give away, you know, revenue share or equity. And um, buyers don't necessarily always want to receive that. So it's a, it's a case that, you know, can work for both buyers and sellers. But it's uh, obviously very attractive for entrepreneurs looking to, to launch their product. But it's also a bit attractive, therefore, uh, for scam merchants too, isn't it? I mean, are you, are you stumbling across many crooks in this area trying to um, fleece the public? Well, I mean, I've obviously saw the 60 Minutes reports and, uh, you know, wasn't, uh, wasn't very happy with how that was sort of happening in our own home ground, Australia. You know, there's been um, a few projects that have actually caught the light, caught the eye of, of regulators and caught the eye of, um, of uh, I guess, agencies around the world that have cracked down on, on stopping these scams, which is really good. But um, obviously there is, with any new technology, some aspects that you leave to, you know, some nefarious characters getting involved and unfortunately, uh, you know, people may uh, lose some money on that. Do you have any concerns that the regulators will, will actually regulate it out of existence, the whole thing? I, do, I don't believe that'll happen. Particularly, I don't believe it'll happen in Australia. We've, um, we're looking to establish a initial coin offering working group. So we'd work directly with regulators. So we'd have 
standards, essentially a code of conduct that businesses looking to launch initial coin offering would have to abide by. You know, that would include good character checks. That would include cybersecurity checks so that the best interest of consumers is at hand when uh, launching these new projects. Yeah. So um, and I note that, um, you know, Bitcoin has been recovering. It's back above 10,000, of course. Um, uh, the, the, but the prices of most of the cryptos are down. Um, do you think that uh, Bitcoin is still in the lead uh, of, to the extent that it's a race? And I think, you know, these different digital assets have different use cases. So where it's a lead to, you know, become the highest priced digital asset, you know, the uh, essentially one of the best stores of wealth, um, you know, I think Bitcoin is still leading that, that race. Uh, you know, whether it's the race to be you know, the most sophisticated digital asset to provide the, the most use case from a technology perspective, you know, I think Ethereum is actually leading that race. So there's far more developers spending the time developing on the Ethereum blockchain protocol. And there's so many different uh, aspects and applications that are actually launching on top of that too. So, you know, there's uh, yeah, different digital assets have different use cases, but Bitcoin is certainly uh, the one that investors are favoring. And you've also got the most avenues to be able to invest in Bitcoin. For example, you know, they've just opened up the futures trading for Bitcoin um, in Australia, we'll be launching uh, the XBT Investments, which is a, a Bitcoin-listed investment company. Uh, when I say we, it's actually BitFunds, so DigitalX has an um, equity interest in that project. We've also got one of our um, staff members as a director of BitFunds, so we do have some involvement, but it's something that I think will bring sort of Bitcoin to the mainstream even further in Australia, if it's not already there. Yeah, in your... Um Quarterly in uh, January, you said that um, due to significant demand for investors, DigitalX is actively reviewing the funds management space and will provide an update to the market on this in due course. So do you, I mean, that's presumably more than your interest in bit funds. You, um, uh, you're looking at doing more in the um, funds management space? Definitely. We've actually been doing, obviously, a lot of travel. So we meet a lot of different fund managers all over the world, as well as different brokerage that have interest in the space. So, you know, they've got the regulatory side ticked off and they've also got, you know, the ability to raise significant sums of, of capital. You know, DigitalX can provide security. We can provide advice on, you know, which crypto assets we think will perform. We can provide the uh, ability to access, you know, digital currencies at the, you know, the lowest rate. You know, we've got um, fantastic connections with exchanges and money transfer companies and things like that. So, in a partnership style arrangement, you know, definitely the funds under management thing is something that we're very much focused on. So there's been a lot of work happening um, in the last few months on that. So I think that wait for information on that should be uh, very, very soon. It's interesting. It was interesting that bit funds uh, uh, are allowed to have a, um, a Bitcoin futures fund listed on the ASX, but not a uh, cryptocurrency that's so going to be on the NSX, the National Stock Exchange, for that. Yes, it happens to do with uh, the ASX uh, listing uh, rules. rules around it. Listing rules, exactly, on um, derivatives. Um, you have to have be a security or a derivative to be a lick. So um, that's that's the reason why. Yeah, of course. Look, it's been great talking to you again, Lee. Thanks very much. Good to catch Thanks, up. Thanks, Alan. That was Lee Travis, the CEO of Digital X.